Okay. All right. So we need a a bad intro for this. Like a bad to the bone intro? Like a da na 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 bad to the bone. Da na 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 talking about talking about villains now we are talking about evil characters the villain that you play yes evil pcs are interesting and i think that they can be done really well but i think that they are it's important to talk with your gm about playing an evil character Um, Whether you're going to be the only evil character in your party, or you're playing a party of evil PCs, it's very important because an important thing about evil characters is that they have their own motivations. Obviously, we've talked about this in our session zero and how to make good characters, right? Have those motivations, have, you know, tie-ins to the story that's happening, the bigger story that's happening. Give your GM knives. These are all important things, but evil characters specifically have some kind of motivation that's going to bump heads with the good-natured party um, or the good-natured world around them. So it's important to work with your GM because you, unless you're playing with a group that's really good about not metagaming, you need to have that, you need to hold those cards close to the vest, right? And you and the GM need to know what's going on when, you know, or they need to know what you're saying when you're not saying something. Or you know what I mean? Like, how do I put that? What's not being said? What's not being done? And why that's important to your evil characters' machinations. On on the other hand, though, it is also important that your evil character has a reason to stay with the party. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. to not be immediately murdered or kicked out by the party. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you're just being a dickhead... Um, everyone's going to just ignore your character, kill your character, kick them off, and you won't even get a chance to play. Mm-hmm. So you got the these kind of two aspects to your, the two main aspects to your character of this part of them that is evil and their identity and why they are evil, but also why they're still with the party mm-hmm. and why the part, and I use party loosely. It could be whatever grouping, but, and why they don't want to kill them. I think the best way to handle that is to make sure that they need each other. Yeah. The evil the evil character the evil character needs needs the, the goody two shoes for their goal and vice versa. You know, the evil character has knowledge uh, that the others don't. Right. And so that's how you get people to work together. It is also possible to play an evil character and good characters who like each other. Yeah. I have done that. Yep. And it has been an incredibly rewarding role playing experience. Yeah, that's really cool if you can pull that off. It requires very um tightly written or like tightly focused uh goals i think that are parallel but specifically not touching or intersecting ever you know what i mean or i guess there's an yeah but admiration is a good place to start with that if there is something in the good characters that the evil character admires and something in the evil characters that the good characters admire they can't help but admire it mm-hmm. that is kind of what held held my group together in my situation I heard a good quote recently about playing evil characters, and it was, um, 
understand what the good characters want to accomplish and also want to accomplish that, but for the wrong reasons, right? Like wanting to do the right thing for the wrong reasons makes a great evil character that you can put into a good aligned group, right? Um, I think that makes a lot of sense. And it also creates that personal character drama that's going to create friction with other characters because like, yeah, you're doing the right thing, but you're probably doing other things along the way that don't jive well with the good characters. Or the lengths you'll go to. Yeah, exactly. Too far, but it's for the same goal. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, exactly. Your means, right? Like your your methods. Yeah. We've had that experience in our own game, haven't we, Sarah? Just I, I was trying not to laugh. This literally happened last session mm-hmm. for us. Oh, yep. two tell. That was a text textbook example of right thing for the wrong reasons. Uh, yeah. So I'm playing a, um, and now I know everyone's going to listen. So Mandy, Ashley, now you know, uh, Ivar, who is a dwarven rogue, um, and he's neutral evil. Uh, and so, you know, all the things you just said, by the way, is this is a good example of in designing that character. Uh, the, the idea for the homebrew campaign is that it's kind of this very dark place and there are, you know, it's ruled by vampires and, and it's very hard to survive. And uh, so I sat down with the GM and I was like, I want, I want to make an evil character. But here's the thing. I'm going to make sure that he has a reason to work with everyone and I'm going to make sure that I'm not going to be that guy. And, and, you know, full disclosure going in, we're going to keep lines of communication open. And if it comes to the fact that, you know, I am becoming that guy or the character's becoming that guy just because of who he is, we'll phase him out and I'll have another character. I have like a backup character in mind already, right? To join the party and we'll smooth things out. So it's not like, you know, Ivar hijacks the show or makes everyone have a bad time. Uh, So we were in a situation where we were traveling. And it's wintertime, and we came across some tracks, and we know that there's a sled in this copse of trees. So Ivar scouts ahead, and he sees the, basically, snatchers, or like a press gang, right? So guys that go around and just grab people to send to the work camps. Hypothetically, they're doing it because they're criminals, but really these guys just get paid by the head, so they just grab people. Beyond that, it's the guys that actually had captured Ivar. So he's like, I'm going to get these guys goes back and we had some really good inter-party role-playing because he's like, yeah, we got to go kill these guys. And all the good characters are like, well, we don't want to get into conflict. Well, no, no, and you had the paladin ready to go. I had the paladin because I manipulated it perfectly. I'm like, listen, they take innocent people. If we don't stop them, all the innocent people that they take going forward are on. Yeah, I mean, is that actually even... I want to go kill these Is people. that even actually manipulation? A good aligned paladin should stomp out evil where they find it. It, it was objectively true, and yeah. that's why we ended up doing it. Yep. Because, like, yeah, these guys are just taking people for no good reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, my character was taken for a completely inane reason, and I know others were as well. Ivar was actually committing a crime. Ivar was committing a crime, but the party record. met yeah. in one of these work camps. Yeah. And so that's why they're all like, oh, we know these guys, and this is actually shit. But also Ivar was being a dick. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Which, as he is wont to do. Yeah, taking out slavers uh to protect people in the future is a good thing. Taking out slavers for vengeance, I mean, could be a good thing, but let's be honest. Yeah. (laughs) Revenge is my favorite evil character motivation. It is such a good motivation because- That's all of you. That's Ivar's entire like reason for being is to get a, get revenge against the fat Gorvan mobster who like got him sent up the river. Because it's easy to empathize with. It's, 
it's hard to choose justice over vengeance. Like, and for to be perfectly honest, there are understandable reasons why somebody would want revenge instead of justice. And I, yep. I feel that to my core. Yep. So great things come when I play that. <laughs> yep. And, and you know, and, and in doing that, I mean, that led to some really intense role playing where, I mean, like in character, we were like fighting, uh, particularly there's, there's a character V who just like, they do not, Evar and her are like oil and water. And, um, and so they go head to head uh, constantly on almost everything. Cause like philosophically, they're just opposites. And so, I mean, that I was worried that I had overstepped some of the shit that I said in, in that session and actually, like, messaged Jay in the DM afterwards. I was like, listen, I don't know, I hope I was okay, and, you know, but it seems like I was okay. So, Ivar might get killed. It's just, it goes back to, like, your basic safety tools, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, an evil mm-hmm. character, there needs to be right. a discussion on what is too evil. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it wasn't really the evil things that he was doing because he wasn't doing anything objectionable. It was more along the lines of like some of the means he was going about getting his way. Just viciously shitting on everybody at the table. No, it was just like just <laughs> like he's a ma- he's he's a big gaslighter and just yeah. Dick. So it's yeah. you know that's not fun to be around. But. Um, speaking of that character, Ivar and and V, was it? Um, yeah. you mentioned. Ivar being neutral evil. And this is an important distinction when we talk about evil characters in games. This is obviously, we're talking about this, like we talk about most modified roles because we assume people listening to us for advice about role-playing games, running them, playing them, etc., are playing games like D&D and Pathfinder, which have that traditional alignment chart, right? And I actually want to talk about alignment and how it's defined because it is a very often ignored part of the game or often misinterpreted part of the game. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty useless. (laughs) But... Because it's it's ever-shifting. And it's different depending on the specific situation and the moment and the motivation. Like, for with with this example, Ivar wanted to kill people to get revenge, and the paladin wanted to kill people because they are kidnappers. It's the same exact thing, but their motivations are what make it with different, I'm using air quotes here, alignment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's it's rarely ever static. Mm-hmm. This is the interesting, probably too philosophical for a game question, or maybe not, you know, games are art, they're meant to explore difficult things. Like there is, there is an ethical difference between desire and thought and action. They're performing the same actual action. They have different desires, but to some degree desires and motivations are more permissible and what you do is heavier Mm -hmm. so it's like where do you draw like people can resist their worst impulses Mm -hmm. they still have them (laughs) yeah Yeah. and to add on top of that too is like good and evil are are, unless you're you're created a fantasy world where it's actually you know objective and physically you know there are physical manifestations of good and evil within that which it used to be Uh, in dnd it's not any longer used to be yeah. There's still some of that with like holy avenger swords and stuff like that, and like you know, detect evil, detect good. For yeah, it's mostly with spells. Strong, that's the only time it's mechanic related to it. Strongly aligned. Yeah, but, but even it's, then, it's, we're phasing out of that in the game. But you know, good and evil are subjective. There used to be a positive and negative damage. Uh, one culture uses good, another culture can view as evil. You know. And so. actually, I've heard somebody—I forget who said it—but I've heard a really good quote about law and chaos and good and evil as like the alignment chart indicates where lawfulness and chaos are a 
um, spectrum between pro-social and anti-social um, like s- establishment, right? So like lawful people are pro-social movements. They are pro, um, you know, social programs that would <laughs> treat everybody fairly. And together cha- as a unit. <laughs> yeah, and chaotic people are anti-social. They are against the social norms and the established thing because there are exceptions and there should be exceptions, right? Um, and then good and evil is selfless versus selfish, right? Good people will do the thing that isn't best for them because someone needs it more than they do. And, a, and an evil character will do the selfish thing, only what's good for them. And if somebody doing something doesn't benefit them, they're not going to do it. And actually, if you think about most people's chaotic neutral characters, they're usually just playing selfish people. Mm-hmm. And technically, you could totally reflavor that as neutral evil. Mm-hmm. Agree. I will also say that um, it's not necessarily what's good for the evil character, though. It's what they desire, because oftentimes evil characters will pursue their desires to their own destruction. Mm-hmm. It's bad for them. <laughs> and I know that's like every evil character I've ever played. Like what they want is bad for them. They hurt themselves. They lose things. They know they do. They cannot help themselves. They want this other thing so much more. They're willing to pay anything for it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's Ivar, who was going to like ready to go kill eight guys on his own. Not thinking of the consequences, right? It's just like, fine, you're not going to do it, I'm leaving. I'm going to go do it. Evil characters are the pit that it's the, it's what my character would do, mm-hmm. fall into. Those are bad evil characters. But it's, okay, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and I actually wanted to draw that distinction. Um, a lot of times people think evil characters, oh, like they're just waiting for their moment to like do something stupid and fuck everything up. And Honestly, evil characters, like we talked about before, they're part of a group because they're smart. Play smart evil. Use those people to your (laughs) ends, right? Like, manipulate or, you know, literally just ride the coattails of people going to where you want to go for the right reasons so you get in there and then do the thing you want to do. You know, like, evil evil characters should be among the smartest or you're just playing a dumbass. You know what I mean? Um, That's how I feel about it. Agree. Don't play stupid, evil, stupid. Play, you know, sensible evil. And like a red flag is if you're using your alignment to justify your actions, your alignment should reflect your actions, not the other way around. So if you're ever saying it's what my character would yes. do, I'm chaotic, like your alignment is not an excuse to do actions. Yep. It reflects what you really are. Yes. <laughs> so don't, don't think of it in the reverse way that can get that usually creates unpleasant role-playing experiences for everyone involved. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a way to get your character kick off, kicked off a table. <laughs> it's a way to get you kicked out of a table, yeah. <laughs> like, yes. not your character, like, you. Don't be a dick. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's an easy trap to fall into. But we're trying to teach you how to play evil characters in an awesome way. You know, sneaky that they don't realize it until it's too late. Well, a lot of, a lot of, and if you think about it, and, and to get, to get back to, like, Getting that into games where a lot of modern role-playing games or newer role-playing games don't even have good and evil mechanics with them yeah. at all. There's no no alignment whatsoever. Some of those games take place in more morally gray universes. Other ones don't necessarily. It's assumed you're the good guys or the bad guys, but there's no alignment that goes yeah. along with that. Or no, there's no there's no actual mechanic that that drives that. It's just you know what right. you do as your character. And I think that's a good thing because it leaves more room for character growth. Because the thing is, the good side of alignment in the game is it's a very nice thing to have to say, like, okay, here's two words that, you know, I can kind of lean on and begin building my character around. It's like a very bare-bones skeleton. I'm going to make a lawful good character, a chaotic good character. They're good, but just knowing those words and being familiar with the terms of the game, you're going to understand how those characters would behave differently, right? 
And so it's that, that's the plus side of it is it can help you when you're beginning to role play or it serves as a guide if you have to make decisions. Without that, you really have to decide who is this character, what mm-hmm. do they want, what are they willing to do to get what they want. Like Amber is talking about evil characters a lot about what they want and they're willing to go further to get what they want than maybe a good character would, right? Because yeah. they're willing to violate social norms and, and hurt people. Yep. But I would even say that within really interesting characters, there are situations where a character might not necessarily do that in every situation, but there's something where they're willing to be radical. There's some stand where they're willing to take. There's something where they're willing to be like, fuck it, I don't care about this. And I will lose it all because this means enough for me to go across that line. And that's really interesting. And a good GM like will will exploit and encourage that within a game, yeah. especially if you have an alignment divide there. Like yeah. one of the goals of a of a great GM in a great game is to show the evil characters and the good characters that you're not that different. You have yeah. different circumstances. Yeah. And under different circumstances, you're looking into a mirror. Mm-hmm. I will say I want to talk about games where you can play evil characters, and most of those don't use the alignment system, but I do want to talk about two games, and you're not going to be surprised by what I talk about, but um, two games where alignment exists, and it's a little different um, than traditional D&D or D&D 5e. Um, one being not that different at all, Pathfinder 2nd Edition, I really like what they did with alignment, because it's, again, it's not that important. There's a little bit of, like Amber said, spellcasting stuff that matters, but the one area where I think it really shines in an awesome way is paladins, or not paladins, I'm sorry, they're called champions in Pathfinder 2e. And based on your alignment, you have a different title, and that kind of nudges you towards your champion's goals, right? So um, good champions are, lawful good champions are paladins. And then I forget which one chaotic good and neutral good are, but there's liberators and redeemers. Um, and it's all about like the, the kind of champion like the people you're trying to champion or like the the cause you're trying to champion and then they put out evil ones where it's you know uh blackguard and stuff like that um but that was really cool and i really like how again no surprise here dungeon world even though most people throw alignment out in dungeon world because it's really not an important part of it one of the cool things about it is that you can just tick off evil in your alignment thing, doesn't matter. The only thing it matters for is getting experience at the end of a session. It's like, hey, if you're an evil character and it gives you a thing to do during a session, and if you do it, you get an experience point. Because odds are, it's going to be something that makes the session or a, or a scene interesting, right? It is a temptation to lean into doing something <laughs> evil. Yeah, it's cool. I like how they do that. Like, as opposed to just having it as two words on a character sheet that inform an idea of what your character wants to be, it is literally a motivation for experience. It's like the Sims. Yeah, exactly, right? It's like an achievement. Um, do you guys want to talk about games where you can play evil characters? Do any of you have examples of this? Uh, I found a few, so... I'm, I mean, I'm, you can play an evil character in any game. This is true, this is true. No, but there are games where it's actually actively like encouraged. Yeah. Uh, you I know. So, like, Warhammer 40k, like, you most in most. Nobody's good. Yeah, nobody's good in good. Warhammer, yeah. period. Yeah. Choose your flavor of evil. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do know that there's there's one of the games I downloaded, one of those itch bundle, bundles that's uh, actually, it's the name of it is Big Bad Evil Guy. 
Oh, sounds and you, great. And you play the big bad evil guys <laughs> as opposed to, you know, the heroes. Um, so that's kind of cool. We maybe can check that out as a one shot one day. Yeah, um, I had a few here that I'll touch on. Um, two, I four... personally, just to jump in, I personally always thought it would be really interesting to play a, run a super villain campaign. Yes, that was one of my notes was I feel yeah. like evil in a superhero game would be really, so awesome. really cool to that play. That would be so fun. Yeah. <laughs> Run that for D bad. Oh my and god! And definitely, like half of the heroes opposing you are definitely gonna like fall in love with you by the end of the game. Yeah. <laughs> right? For sure. And, and superhero arcs, it's definitely one of those things where you'll have a redemption arc, and then you'll be tempted back to evil. Like you know, what I mean, it, it writes itself. Super villains, right? Like, oh, totally. Yeah. I um, never get tired of the redemption arc. That only almost works. It's not a. It's not yeah. a real. Because it's it never so actually. Close. Yeah. Only- yeah. There are some really good. I. I. I might. Maybe this is room for me to geek out about comics for once there was a really good uh, where's that drop where's the where's the christian comic drop Uh, there was there was a a limited edition series that they ran of dr doom right and so dr doom's whole thing is he's a pissed off at reed richards for ruining his face right that's why he wears the mask and there's Mm -hmm. all sorts of versions of his it's just a little scar his face is all fucked up there's all sorts of different versions bottom line dr doom hates reed richards right so in this story dr doom is having these dreams where it's like this perfect world. His face is fine. He's got a wife. He's got a kids. Latveria is like wonderful. His country he rules. Everybody loves him. And he's like, why am I having these dreams? And meanwhile, Reed Richards fucks something up. And there's like this wormhole that's going to destroy the world. Right? So Doom is like, oh, I can fix it, Richards. Because you're an idiot. And he, he goes into, he goes through the portal. Right? And he, he decides he's going to be a hero. He goes through the portal. Winds up in the world he was dreaming about. And, every, and he's like, this is freaking great. Why don't I just stay here? I have a wife. I have kids. Everything's perfect. I have the perfect life. And he asks someone, like, what, what did I do differently in this universe? And they're like, oh, you forgave Reed Richards. And this is like eight issues in. And he's like, fuck that. Uses the ultimate nullifier and destroys the entire universe and goes back in to, back to the normal world. Even more just, like, motivated. Yeah. Even given like everything that he ever could have possibly wanted, he's like, no, fuck you, Reed Richards. I'll Not for this price. You. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Not for the world. <laughs> so uh, a couple yeah. other games. Uh, two Forged in the Dark games. Um, so there's one called Wicked Ones where you do play like I don't think they're the minions, but basically like you're a bunch of monsters in a dungeon that wait to basically ambush and fuck over heroic adventurers. And it's very funny, right? Like using that Forged in the Dark crew kind of thing, right? Like it's always like you guys stopping good people. Uh, that's that's like a great game for a bunch of DMs to play just to get their frustrations out against like players and heroes. Like, yeah. Archetype your heroes have ever done, just be like, fuck them up. <laughs> yeah, every character you've hated DMing for, you know what I mean? You just make them one of the characters coming into your dungeon. Um, technically, I would say Blades in the Dark. You don't I was just gonna people. say yeah. Blades, yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Sarah. Um, uh, yeah, because you, you essentially play a variety of a gang, um, whatever type of gang that is, whether you're bruisers or, or you know, our, our crew was smugglers, um. And we were definitely not good people. Mm-hmm. I don't know necessarily if we were evil, but like the opportunity is there in the game. You're a bunch of criminals doing yeah. criminal shit. You want to step on people to climb that ladder. Exactly. Yeah. It's that it's actually in line with the D&D flavor of evil, right? Which is like, you're selfish. Like you're doing this for your own ends, right? Period. Your gang wants to move up in the world. You're going to have to you know, step on. And it also is a game that does that, uh, gives you a great reason for evil characters to work together Mm -hmm. because 
you know, you know, you might squabble with each other for top gun in the gang, but you still have to work together to keep your gang at the top because everyone else is gunning for you. And for different reasons. You might all have vastly different motivations. Yeah. That's uh-huh. also a great way to make a sympathetic, um, like, evil character or villainous character, especially if your setting has, like, a strict caste or class system or, um, like, strong elements of racism or really any kind of prejudice. Like, it's very easy to empathize with somebody who steps on other people to get to the top when you have to cheat to get the same equality as everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one other, well, there's plenty of one-page RPGs that I've kind of come across in my many bundles of downloading where it's you know play the bad guy for once kind of kind of thing right um but i will say one other um and this is a pathfinder first edition adventure path called hell's vengeance which it's really actually cool how they did this there is a adventure path called um hell's rebels where you play a group of revolutionaries in a city the city of Cheliax, I think. But basically, um, there's like a uber religious order of like, you know, Asmodeus um, worshipping lawful evil cultists. And they're basically just the most oppressive, terrible uh, government. And your characters overthrow <laughs> them, right? What'd you say? The fucking worst. Yeah, they're the fucking the hell worst. Knights God. <laughs> yeah, the Hell Knights, exactly. So you are overthrowing that portion of the government, right? Like this small part of the country you are you are leading the revolution your characters then pathfinder decided to put out another ap that takes place at the same exact time except you're playing the hell knights that are putting down rebellions throughout the like the same region so it's really cool like you get to if you play hell's rebels and then play hell's vengeance you get to play the bad guys you know what i mean or i always thought it'd be really cool to play both at the same time Make a character on both sides, and then every session you just go back and forth. I was just gonna say that would be fucking awesome. Evil genius DMs out there. Here's here's a pro tip: every time, if you have any power gamers in your group, every time they make a character that's like the bane of your existence and super annoying to balance with anything, make a copy of that character. Save them. (laughs) Make make the exact same. Save them all up, and then and then one day, whip them out and go ham wild. They did this to themselves. That's how you treat power gamers. Yep. <laughs> Use that. So so I know we've already talked about Christian's evil child. Uh, Amber, I think you've got one hell of a story. Yeah. Hey, if we're talking about evil characters, yeah. So my favorite, I haven't played, I actually haven't played too many evil characters. A lot of my characters I would consider like in that shady gray area, but I have, I've recently played one. Um, she didn't start that way. She started neutral, this very selfish, but hadn't really committed any cardinal, super cardinal sins in game, I guess, really. Um, and then, and then went down the long dark road to ruin. Her name is Celerity. It was a Curse of Strahd game. Just such a great game to play an evil character. Because the premise of like, Strahd, I, I can't stop talking about Strahd. Strahd is the fucking worst and the best. Like he's the best villain because he's the worst. He's fucking terrible. He's the patriarchy incarnate. He's a misogynist. He's an abuser. He fucking collects women like objects and locks them up. And he's just the worst. So like playing a female villain who is hell bent on defeating Strahd by out villaining him, proving that like your ambitions are small and petty. Worm. <laughs> It's just so fantastic on so many levels. And that is basically where Celerity went. 
Um, and that's a that's one of the games there where uh, the I had a great relationship with the party, and the party was was good, like solid good all the way through. We had a we had a, a chaotic good cleric, we had a lawful good paladin, we had a chaotic good barbarian. Like they were all good, <laughs> good people. They had soft hearts in some cases. They had a lot of mercy, a lot of love. They believed in redemption. Our characters had a great mutual respect and even affection for each other. My relationship with the paladin was incredible. And there were several times during the game where the paladin and I were holding the line and the rest of the party had run. Like when the paladin and the evil rogue end up on the same side of the coin, you know, things are complicated. Uh, But that happened more than once. Um, and it was just, it's a really delightful experience, but she made her way down in, uh, in small steps and in large, um, Barovia gives you limitless temptations toward the darkness. And if you're cutthroat enough to take them, there are significant benefits. Uh, I, uh, so I should, I, okay. 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 If you listen to this podcast and you are going to be playing Curse of Strahd, There are spoilers here, so you might want to listen away if you don't want to learn the greatest fucking double cross you can pull off in this game. (laughs) Hey everyone, Rainy here. If you want to skip Amber's story and spoilers for Curse of Strahd, please jump to around 34 minutes and 30 seconds. Enjoy the jingle again. So the Amber Temple, the Amber Temple is where Strahd originally got his dark powers. He he went there, there's these Amber sarcophagi and they have these nodes of absolute darkness, which are like vestigial deities of pure evil, basically trapped inside. And as you touch them, they make you offers uh, in exchange for a dark power. And you always give something up. There's a, there's a cost. It either changes your alignment or gives you a compulsion or some kind of deformity or something. So there's a price to every one of them. One of the, one of the Amber sarcophagi holds a vestige that offers you the gift of the vampire. It will only offer that gift to an evil character. Um, should you, and this is how Strahd became a vampire. Should you take the dark gift of the vampire, you re- you instantly know that there are requirements to fulfill before it will activate. You have to kill, murder someone who loves or admires you. And then you have to be killed by one or more creatures that hate you. Uh, and that, and then once that happens, it will instantly transform you into a fully fledged free will, fully fledged free willed vampire. So, like, of course, I hit the take button on that. I was like, "Yes, slam! That is mine." Because here's the thing: my character Slarity and me, like, we know Strahd. We know exactly what he is. We know the kind of predator he is, the kind of mask he likes to wear, and how he likes to fool himself about what he is. And we know how to play that shit. So. Strahd has been flirting with us this whole time. And of course we have been flirting back because it is fun to manipulate the manipulator <laughs> and it's and causing the party endless amounts of anxiety. Like they legitimately were like, I think Solar he's going to betray us to marry Strahd. And I was like, Oh, he only thinks, <laughs> but, um, so I knew that if Strahd got the opportunity, he would turn me into a vampire because he wants to make me his thrall. I'm a independent angry, powerful woman, and he loves to break those things and make them his toys. Knowing that Strahd would jump at the chance to turn me into his thrall, make me a vampire spawn, um, I had the dark gift of the vampire and he doesn't know it, so I let him do it because the first thing I know that he's going to make me do once I'm his thrall is kill my friends, which fulfills the first part of the dark gift of the vampire. <laughs> so that's exactly how it went down. He, he turned me into his spawn. He made me his thrall. 
turned me on the party. And the first thing I did was kill my lover. <laughs> and I told them too, when I did it, that I did tell you that there was no line I wouldn't cross before we got together. I warned them that there was no line I wouldn't cross to get my revenge. And they were like, I love that about you. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so then I murdered them. Part one, check. <laughs> uh, part two is a little bit trickier. You got to get people, you got to get people with hate in their heart to murder you, which is actually surprisingly hard in a party full of good people. The whole time that I'm on Strahd's side here, I was working with the GM this whole time. We were coming up with ways to absolutely mop the floor at the party. It was fantastic. They were very frustrated. Um, so we're like wrecking them, but like they don't, they, they don't hate me. Like they feel sad and grief and they're in anguish because this has happened to their friend, but like they, most of them could not like bring themselves to hate me. And I was like, fuck, I need you to hate me when you kill me. I got really lucky in that one of the characters' mothers was an NPC and she was involved in the battle. So I went into the room and pretended to murder her daughter and came out with the illusion of her daughter's severed head. And I got her to nuke me. I was like, that'll do it. That'll do it. And then it did. And then bam, before Strahd even knows it, I am a vampire with legendary actions and my own free will. And I'm like, oh boy, you done fucked up. And the epic battle concluded with me fighting on side of the party. Um, and Castle Ravenloft, after we destroyed Strahd, started collapsing and whatnot. And I went down into the catacombs while the party was running. And the paladin was standing at the top of the catacomb stairs, calling my name, begging me to go with them. And I was like, I know if I answer, they will have me because I love them too. Like, I love, I love him too. And I was like, I just can't. I can't let it go. I finally have almost everything. So they left and I was down in the catacombs and I split from the party at the end. We did our little resolutions and our denouements, but uh, Celerity went her own way, broke up with her lover, broke their heart and everything because at the end of the day, there's no line she wouldn't cross to get what she wanted and her revenge was only partially complete. And it was a great story, but that is the best double cross you can pull off in Curse of Strahd is to take the Dark Gift of the Vampire without Strahd knowing and then let him make you complete it and then turn on him. It's so good. <laughs> I love that game. Man, that was such a good long dark road to ruin. Delicious. <laughs> Wild. I have no words. <laughs> There's not much you can say to that. He's, he's a misogynist. He loves it. You're so shiny. He's like, I can't wait to make you my bitch. And you're like, I'm counting on it. I'm smarter than you. <laughs> and it's so satisfying to just outplay him. Ah, it's so good. <laughs> well, now we get to talk about way less interesting evil characters, which is the one that I've played, if you count that one at all. And I guess Sarah's got one. And we should probably talk about Jess's just for fun. Just so Jess. I wish Jess was up. here because she would absolutely wholeheartedly argue that the character wasn't evil everything i've seen in our facebook group chat about this is so funny so let's start with justice because this is funny it's just just from what we understand of it is that just played a druid that at one point burned an orphanage to the ground and so that's what gets brought up and her comment her response to this was no 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 i did it for the all the right reasons the right and it's like the warforge that she was obsessed with was like you're dead to me after she did another terrible thing. It was like, we can't be friends anymore. I'm letting you leave with your life. And she was like, 
the orphanage is the most important thing in the world to him. So she was like, I'm going to destroy the thing he loves the most so that he'll love me again. That's how fucking crazy <laughs> this character was. And she's like, those were the right reasons. <laughs> right. So, like, well, not only, not to mention, uh, doing something for all the right reasons is exactly what an evil character would think they're doing, right? Like, and then they go and do something like burn an orphanage. And then she argued, no, 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 it didn't matter. It was temporary. She went back to good later. And it's like, that's not how and it also, works, though. No, nobody got hurt. That was the best one, too. Only, only she, she got hurt burning the orphanage. She yeah. lit the orphanage on fire very briefly. Her no, that's, very that's incompetence. Very that's, not, that's, not, that's not meaning that you're good. It just means you're not good at being bad. Exactly. <laughs> that's the heart of Jess's character. She's like, I'm not bad. I've never done any bad thing. I'm like, but you've tried your best. <laughs> Successfully, yeah, right. <laughs> you failed at being bad. Trying. <laughs> right. But that's that's really funny that uh she was like it's an elf that was a that was a you know yeah i didn't understand that blink of an eye good now it's an elf okay what does that have to do with everything (laughs) a blink of an eye in their very long life they had their evil phase it's not a phase mom evil for like a month in a thousand years yeah yeah that was a long road down and it was a hard road back after she lost her druid powers she became too evil and too far from from like the centered neutrality so i was the dm in that game i was like Listen, that was some great role-playing and stuff, but I'm pretty sure after this orphanage incident, we can no longer argue that you are not evil, <laughs> at least right now. You're going to have to give them up. And she did, and it sucked. It was a horrible, sucky grind with no powers for her, completing some semblance of a redemption arc to get back toward balance and letting go of some of her personal psychotic obsessions <laughs> and, and whatnot. <laughs> uh Sarah, do you mind if I go? It sounds like your character might have actually been evil, and my character is the closest my oh. goody two shoes ass ever got. So go for it. Um, my only brush with playing an evil PC, I, I'm cursed to. I've been a forever DM. I've played in very few campaigns, and none of the DMs after dark games I've played, I've played anything close to evil. But in college, I played in my school's game club. This kid was running a five E campaign. It was like right when 5e came out and I was like, I'm going to make a drow rogue. And everyone else in the party was very quiet and the kind of players that really wouldn't initiate, they would just kind of react. So, you know, a lot of times we just sat there with the GM just kind of like prompting us to do something, do something. So then that was when I was like, I'm playing a drow rogue. I can be chaotic neutral. And that was really just me being incredibly selfish and stupid and like just pushing people's buttons. And I did things like steal things I definitely shouldn't have and you know, put it in my friend's pockets to, like, start shit. And then I would, like, openly flirt with, like, and important NPCs, significant others. And, like, I was just doing terrible jerk things um, just for the sake of making it not a quiet, boring session. So I guess that's Chaotic the closest I've ever come. That's your alignment. What's that? Chaotic shit-stirrer. That's yeah, your... I was a shit-stirrer. That's exactly what I was. So, like, not really evil, because, like, he didn't have long-term evil goals. He just had short-term cackle fun. <laughs> cackling fun short term cackle fun <laughs> my characters are evil because they will straight up kill people in gruesome horrible ways but they're people they're highly motivated to kill like I, I I killed the abbot with the help of the paladin we were on the same side of the killing in the curse of Strahd game the abbot is an angel he's crazy but he is an angel and then oh. I mutilated his corpse because killing him wasn't enough I cut those wings off I was like these are mine <laughs> I mean angels Delicious. At least biblically, are pretty f- friggin' crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, 
Absolutely. Anyway. Be not afraid, says the being with a thousand eyes, zero yeah. mouth, ten wings, and like five circles for a head. It's cool, bro. Why are you freaking out? Chill. It's all good. Chill, bro. So, alright. Let me go next, because I, I have Ivar, which we've talked about. Ivar, Ivar's in, 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 in his nascency, though. He's only third level, so he's not, he hasn't accomplished enough of villainy yet to really, uh, to really, you know, go far. Uh, I will say that, though, you know, to just kind of counteract, like, not counteract, but to compare him to Amber's character. He doesn't have, he's not a planner. He, he's, he's just angry, and he flies off the handle, and he does bad shit. Uh, and he thinks he's a planner, but he's really not. He's just... He's yeah, just, no, I'm patient. and I He's can... an angry asshole. <laughs> he might learn patience later on, or he might have a character redemption arc. We'll see. He has a couple different ways he could go, so we'll see what happens. Uh, the only evil character, similar to Rainy, I've DM'd a lot more than I've played was I had a character in a wizard school. So so he's not really, he wasn't like really evil because evil he was a kid, but Argyle McLeod, who was like evil uh, in a wizard school, but that meant like cheating on his tests and like, you know. You were Draco Malfoy? I was pretty much. Pretty much. I love an evil wizard named Argyle. <laughs> Argyle McLeod. He was really cool. He was. I wore a lot of Argyle in high school and college, and I'm not ashamed of it at all. Yeah, the pattern so. of the devil. Right. <laughs> uh, so that was it, really. Uh, and I would say maybe I a little bit in uh, Avatar bit, game. Avatar yeah. game. Yeah, he, he 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 had a little bit of doing the right thing for the wrong reasons in him. I I mean that's that's why I so the, sim- similarly I feel bad uh, because my power fantasy is being able to help everyone. Uh, so my only evil character was evil by accident. Uh, <laughs> she started as a a chaotic good rogue. Her name was Aidsley, and she was just fun. Um, but she rolled like shit. Yeah. I consistently <laughs> rolled horribly with her to the point where I was like, oh, she's just an incompetent character, and she gained depression as a personality trait. Uh, and she just kept getting worse and worse, and they met this warlock where she was like, oh, you have power. If I get your powers, I can be better. And so he got her into a pact with his patron, who was a chaotic, neutral patron. And she just fell more and more to the rabbit hole of, I can do better, I can do better, I need power, I need power, and I can do better. But she just kept fucking everything up. She jump-started a war. Like, she killed some people she definitely shouldn't have. Um, she She was kind of an assassin in a way. Uh, she, she was just really, like, incompetent, but then also, like, really, she was just a shitty person, and, like, it was, it was just, she was just miserable, uh, but the deal was like, no, Saris is an evil character. Incompetent slash accidental evil might be my favorite kind of evil. <laughs> yeah, like, she did not intend to become evil, and she does not consider herself evil, but, like, she has accidentally committed atrocities. <laughs> You know what's interesting, Sarah? You should make an evil character, if you ever wanted to, who wants to help people, but will just go to any lengths to do so. Or just, just like aggressively, aggressively, that. like, I'm doing so this for your own so good. Bad at being good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I can ever find the opportunity, I will definitely do no, that. And you love to play clerics, so just like, just think of like an aggressive, like, I'm going to convert you to my religion because it's the right thing for you. And this is what you're going to do. No, I don't play the conversion cleric. I went to Catholic school for 10 years, motherfucker. So you know you can play it really well. I don't want to. I have always wanted to play, like, a character who's, like, 
maybe a deity of like a vengeance, a vengeance, a uh, cleric of like a vengeance deity, like um, like the Fury and Eberron, and just goes around finding people who've been horribly wronged and is like, I'll kill them for you, horribly, yeah. <laughs> and just like and just avenges like that. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. The Punisher. Except yeah. not yeah. with the weird toxic masculinity and. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the Punisher has been misinterpreted by gross toxic yeah. people, but that's besides the point. I mean, the spirit of the Punisher. There will be a cost, though. Yeah, exactly. Get, pay me. Was he misinterpreted, or was it an example of you missed the point by idolizing him? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it. yeah. That's the wrong I, that, I, that's people. What I mean. like He's the a Punisher. Joker too. Right. That, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, that's oh, what I mean. Guys. <laughs> you know what I want to play? I want to play. Um, I want to play like the Leslie Nielsen of evil. Where, like, everything I try and do for the right reasons goes horribly awry, and it always just is, like, I become a legendary chaotic evil character by just being a fucking idiot. Bless. <laughs> like, Dark Lord. Yeah, right, exactly. Like, like just imagine, yeah, like, Leslie Nielsen, like, he's just over there, he accidentally throws something over his shoulder, but that thing accidentally sets off a bomb that blows <laughs> I mean like that blows up like an orphanage you know what I mean like but he did it to like get rid of the bomb but he didn't realize at the bottom of this hill was an orphanage and now he's this evil or it'd be like like did the right thing but something absolutely evil happened so it's like I saved these children but I blew up a convent to yeah, do it. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And people yeah. eventually are like, you're such a badass. It's like, the, like, no, I just suck. It's like the butterfly effect of evil. <laughs> just like he does one thing. He doesn't have enough, like, you know, breakfast in the morning at his soup kitchen for one person. That one person becomes the most evil. <laughs> like, you know. All right. Before we lose our minds, do we have any more, any final points of uh, nope. playing an no. evil PC? Just don't be a dick. Yeah. Quantify yeah. your DM. Right. Don't uh, steal the scene from everybody all the time. Yeah. I think the, the best thing you can do when playing an evil PC is just being a good person. Yep. Be a good teammate, at the least. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's the most important part. Uh, yes. Be a good member of the table. Like, a good, be a good be, player yeah, that's at what the I mean. table. Be a good player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, share information with your GM because they'll help it be more interesting like they'll work with you and then as best as you can just tease your other players like make it interesting make it fun and then try and make it satisfying for both your character have your wins obviously the party is going to continue in their good quests and stuff like that but like make a smart evil character like don't be an idiot and throw everything away you know play the long game be selfish but be smart about it yeah that's a the two roads you can go is that route route yeah okay i can speak to um which is uh yeah like be the be the plotter which is a fun fun character play but there's something fun about playing just like self-destructive yeah who just is like no this is what i want i'm going for and i'm not thinking through like i have fun with ivar when he's just like i'm gonna do this that's true too you know but you're not a dick about it out of character no you can't be that's that's the key it's like you know this is what my character would do i'm playing him and i also always try my best to make sure that I'm doing it in such a way that I'm not going to completely like alienate the party. Yeah. Like, you know, like, yeah. Well, Take this away, Sarah. With that, 
Uh, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Modified Roles. If you like what you hear, uh, you can listen to all of our episodes on every podcast app worth their salt. We are live every other Friday on twitch.tv slash dmsafterdark at 6.30pm-ish EST. You can follow us on all of the social medias at dmsafterdark and email us at dmsafterdark at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, want to reach out to us one-on-one, stories, we will take story times. And yeah, so, tell us um, about your evil character. Yeah. yeah. You ever played an evil character? You had an experience with someone else that played an evil character? Tell us the things. We love the things. So, until next time, everyone, stay evil. Sorry. Sorry.